everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm your host, Aliza Kelly, and I am so excited to introduce you guys to Kira Taborn, who is an astrologer, a creative, an educator, and now has a an exciting new position in Fresh Voices Astrology. Um, Kira is also a Scorpio sun, a Pisces rising, an Aries fucking moon, the fire that we need. And I am so, we've been trying to, to coordinate this for literally, I don't know, eight months. So this feels just like a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to finally be here. Yes. The last time that we saw each other in person was in a pre-COVID world. It was November. You were actually at my house, which was really lovely. We were studying mm-hmm. for an astrology exam, which before we started recording, we were just sort of kibitzing about. Um, <laughs> and it feels like it was a lifetime ago. Um, Truly. So for those listeners who aren't yet familiar with you and your work, um, would you mind just introducing yourself to everybody and sharing your journey and um, how you came to be in the moment that you're in right now? Sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm Kira, also known as Shakira, either either or is fine. I, yeah, I'm an astrologer. I've been, I would say, a professional astrologer for maybe five years, but really, really started to like, pick up my practice and yeah, put a lot more energy into it in the past two years or so. Astrology has always kind of been something that's been a part of my life. Like as a kid, I was someone that was obsessed with birthdays and I just knew that birthdays were important for some reason. I also knew that the time, time of birth was important. I don't know why, but I've always been, that's always something I've known. And I recently found a letter that I wrote to myself at when I was eight years old and I signed it with like my full name, my date of birth and my time of birth. Wow. Um, so it's, yeah, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know about birth charts. I, I've always known I was a Scorpio though. Um, and that's always something I've been really proud of. My dad's also a Scorpio and, um, yeah, I don't really know how I found that out, but I, it's just been with me forever. And when, when I was around eight or nine is when my dad started to, um, basically he, he made me memorize all the planets from in in their order from the sun. So the vocabulary of the planets has, have always, has always been there as well. And, um, when I was around 12, 11, yeah, I was like 11, 12, Jupiter return is when, um, I started to like research astrology online for the first time. So that was primarily like, let me find out like who's compatible with who. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was a crazy, like little middle schooler. I just like was always asking people's birthdays. Like I just knew everyone's birthday. And um, so, yeah, that was like my early years. And then fast forward to right before I turned 21 um, is when I learned about like, I, so I was with a friend, another Scorpio, and she's like, hey, did you know that like, there's this thing called like a moon sign and like th- you're, there's other signs. And I was like, what? How do I not know about this? Like, this is, should be something that I'm telling other people. Like, I remember being <laughs> very like, Scorpionic like, response. So Scorpio. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> like jealous that I wasn't the one. That you weren't the one like re- make, revealing the secrets. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But of course, it was another Scorpio. So oh, duh, had to be. <laughs> and yeah, she had a little book. Found out I was a Pisces rising that night um, in an Aries moon. And, and then maybe like a week or a couple of weeks later, I was home um, for this was in college. So I came home for, I guess, a, a break of some sort. I remember just being on the sofa at home and being on my computer and Googling birth chart and typing in my information and seeing my chart for the first time and just being like mind completely blown. Um, and it's cool because I have the chart for that moment because I, I remember I screenshotted it and posted it on Facebook and was like, I'm freaking out. Like, this is amazing. And so, um, yeah, I didn't sleep that night. I just kept researching and 
fast forward like seven and a half, eight years later, um, that's what I'm doing. And that, that actually was my Saturn square, my closing Saturn square. Um, when I first saw my chart and now at my Saturn return, I'm like full-time astrologer. So yeah, that, I, that also the timing, um, corresponds with my personal timing as well for finding astrology. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that, that like this, this Saturn square and all that. Where is your, where is Saturn in your chart? It's at one Aquarius in the 12th. Mine's in the 12th too. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Mine is at seven Capricorn in the 12th. Yes. Yeah, so when you said you're a Pisces rising, I was like, is it else maybe in the 12th? Because yeah. that also with both of us having Saturn return or like having our Saturns corresponding to astrology, that's very 12th house Saturn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just went through two exact Saturn returns over the past couple months and I just feel like I'm learning even more and I'm downloading so much information and it's been, it's been a lot, but I feel very, I'm, I have like probably the best Saturn placement someone can have in my opinion, because <laughs> it's like, you know, in its own sign, it's direct. It doesn't have any harsh aspects with any other planets It's in its 12th house, which is the house of its joy. And um, it kind of works as a very protective influence, like behind the scenes. And so, yeah, I feel really blessed with my Saturn placement and the Saturn return. And it hasn't really been, it hasn't been like easy necessarily or like fun, (laughs) but um, I, I think being aware of it for the past seven years helps a lot because I've been like preparing myself for this for so long. I want to pick your brain on, on, I I know that, you know, Saturn is in its joy in the 12th house, but the way that that has manifested in my life has been almost very literal love of like, you know, I have a very, I truly cannot figure out my father. I can't figure out my relationship with my father. I, he's a very nebulous, like 12th housey person to me. Um, I have we're fine, like on the surface, but there's just Mm -hmm. so much that's been unsaid. And there's so many secrets that I just, I don't think will ever be revealed in this lifetime. And I think that for a long time that manifested in my life in finding myself in other secret Saturn relationships and dynamics, like, you know, just feeling very much the prison aspect of Saturn Mm -hmm. in the 12th of, you know, being either in relationships where I was like the secret lover or they had, I was, you know, that they were not available in 99% of the ways, except that 1% when they texted me, you know, like I felt Mm -hmm. like, and then when it sort of came time for my Saturn return, I really felt like I had to allow all of those truths to really just come to the surface and including the things that I never was able to put words around, like things I was like, well, I have to stop finding myself in shadowy situations just because I have a shadowy Saturn, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, I also, I'm a Capricorn rising. So I similar, I like was like, oh yeah, Saturn, that's, that's, he's my guy. You like, but then when it came (laughs) to Saturn return is really when I like, figured out like actually Saturn has been a kind of a blind spot for me. So how when you and when we're using when we're talking about Saturn in its joy, we're talking about a particular tradition of astrology. Can you share a little bit more about what that means and how you interpret it there? Yeah. So speaking on like Hellenistic techniques and doctrine, um, the planetary joys is actually where we get a lot of the significations of the houses so um each of the seven traditional planets have a place one of the houses where they you know particularly enjoy being in um and like with venus it's the fifth house um which makes sense because the fifth house is all about pleasure and joy and sex and um you know experiencing the pleasurable things in life um and with saturn well, it's interesting because both malefics, joy, and um, the two 
two of the quote-unquote bad houses. I say quote-unquote because I think it's just important to recognize that like when these techniques and these doctrines were being um, developed, there was, I mean, it was just a different time. And saying it's bad is more about how it might be experienced by a native, like the native or the person, not necessarily saying like it's good or bad. But yeah, so... Saturn joys in the 12th house, Mars joys in the 6th house, and these are considered the 6th house being the house of bad fortune, the 12th house being the house of bad spirit. Um, And in a more modern contemporary context, I would call these like the houses of our mental and physical wellness. But in terms of like the the 12th house being where Saturn joys, Jason Holly really spoke to this in a way that like I never ever heard anyone speak to it before and um, that was at at Norwalk this year he did a talk on the 12th house that really blew my mind because it was actually the day of one of my exact Saturn returns and so he basically talks about the 12th house being about altered sight and how um, and he talks about like the myth of the blind prophet in relation to this but basically how planets that rise above the ascendant and enter the 12th house, if you're looking at the ascendant as this moment of emergence or even like birth um, from after being underneath the earth, like this going through an underworld journey for the past however many hours, um, planets rise on the east and then they're they're birthed into the day consciousness or, um, you know, the outside world and how that place is so sensitive like how if you just emerge from the womb you're like this sensitive little creature that really truly just wants to go back (laughs) into the womb where it's safe and comfortable and um yeah I think kind of looking at 12th house planets in that way of like being newly exposed to the world and um and therefore super sensitive, but also ha- still retaining memories from that nighttime journey. So like still remembering a lot of the dreams, um, but being in this very liminal space. And so he kind of looked at it as like when the sun is in the 12th house, which is like shortly after sunrise, it's very blinding. Like if you're driving, you know, on the highway at that time, um, the sun is really blinding and just how like planets in the 12th can have that that sense of like being blinded by the light and maybe not seeing things clearly um but i think the liminality of it is what gives it its gifts um because again there is still like this remembering from from this nighttime journey that they just emerged from so in terms of Saturn, Saturn being um, joying in the 12th, it's kind of like when you, after birth, when you enter like the world, you're kind of um, subjected to the fact that like, okay, now your spirit is physically incarnated in this like meat sack. Like now you're in this body. And not only that, you have to, um, you know, you're subjected to like everything that happens on on the earth so suffering and loss and pain and it's almost like Saturn's there in the 12th to kind of be like okay like here's your meat sack and like good luck basically (laughs) um whereas like if you look at opposite that uh Mars joining in the in the sixth it's like after you complete that um like that daytime journey and you enter the the night sect or the night um, the night journey, um, Mars, which is a nocturnal, you know, it, it um, it's part of the night sect. It uh, it then like introduces you to this nighttime journey, whereas day uh, Saturn inter- introduces you to the day um, and all the you know toils that come with that. So yeah, that that I don't know if I explained it too well, but. Um, that really helped put things in context for me in terms of planets in the 12th, because you look at them, or at least I began to look at them as more really, really sensitive and, and needing a lot of care and comfort so that they can, um, 
yeah, enter or at least like feel like they belong. And because there is this like liminality with 12th house planets where they're like really like wanting to go back into what's comfortable and like this space of total union, which is like what you have in the womb. And that's kind of where you come to these self-sabotaging behaviors that kind of like want to put pull you back towards this place where you're like, you know, one with all, which is what we really want in the 12th. Um, but you can't go back. Like, you know, you just, you can't go back until you go all the way through. And so, um, yeah, having to kind of sit between these two, like this reality of like having to like survive and just like, yeah, subject yourself to daytime consciousness when you're really um, craving that unity and how to like, how to deal with that, how to manage that. So. And I, I think that really the only way that one could ever describe the 12th is through very 12th language. You know, it's, you yeah, can't, we, yeah. it's, the 12th is so, um, is so lyrical, you know, it's, it's so yeah. poetic and it really is like just for similes and metaphors and analogies. There's nothing else that mm -hmm. the 12th that makes sense with the 12th. I, I do see yeah. the twelfth, especially when I work with clients who have personal placements in the twelfth, um, as such a, you know, it's it's a portal, it's a dimension between mm -hmm. worlds. So then, you know, on each individual basis, on a case by case basis, it's like, what are, well, what are those dimensions to you? You know, what are you straddling? Um, are you straddling, you know, the physical world and the spirit world? Are you straddling? Um, sobriety and addiction, are you straddling like uh, truths and secrets? But it is this, you know, it's this portal like a threshold that takes up and is equal parts of aware and oblivious. And it's not an easy thing to balance those, but awareness of the fact that there's something that needs to be reconciled, I think is basically like the best we could get in the 12th house you know yeah 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 I like to say um what well at least what came to me pretty clearly during the Saturn return period in the last couple months has been like you need to allow yourself to fall apart in the 12th house like that's that's kind of crucial in my opinion because there is like that Saturnian need to kind of like hold it all together um, but in my opinion, you can't really figure out how to put, like, to hold it all together, to put yourself back together and, unless you allow yourself to fall apart, because it is the house of self undoing. And I kind of see it as this place where you, you do remove yourself from the world around you, um, in order to just like, really like decompose in a way and like allow yourself to just feel that, or at least maybe strive for that oneness and hopefully a way that's not super detrimental to your, you know, physical or mental health. But yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of see like oftentimes I'm like, when people have planets in the 12th, especially personal planets and luminaries, it's like, you can let yourself go there, you know, to an extent. Um, and that's okay. It's not, you know, as, lo as long as you're not like letting yourself really, really, you know, <laughs> get close to that dangerous place, I guess. But, you know, allowing yourself to just like be depressed for a couple of days and like not shower and like just eat Oreos or whatever. Like if, sometimes you need to do that in order to figure out how to come back up and, and um, you know, allowing yourself to kind of go through these extremes of self undoing in a way it can be can be helpful and can be can be healthy in a lot of ways again it's like there's extremes and you know you don't want to you don't want to do anything dangerous that's going to harm you but I don't know I think it's sometimes helpful to let people know that like you're allowed to not be put together all the time totally <laughs> I mean you're allowed to just like blob out sometimes and then figure out where to go from there yeah I think that that's one of the um I think like even just moving further out like of the 12th <laughs> expanding to the whole chart it's that's one of the things that I feel was what drew me to astrology in the first place was just that sort of validation of like you don't have to like you're you've had a hard life 
things are complicated um, and it all checks out. It shows up right here and that's okay. Like it's, it's totally fine that, you know, it's, and for me, you know, my learning, you know, my, I guess like step one was seeing that, yes, I'm a Leo sun, but then finding that Pisces moon, I was like, well, that explains everything. And then Mm -hmm. I added the Capricorn rising and I was like, well, that explains everything. And then when the eighth house stellium rolled around, I was like, all right, (laughs) well, this, this is so much more, this, this actually gives me some, I'm like working with something here now, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, now I can actually start to understand that these, I don't have to like squeeze myself into a tiny little narrative and make myself really small and try to only be one dimension of who I am, that all of these things and all of these truths can take up the entire 360 profile of who I am and just like literally just simply acknowledging and allowing and saying like, that's, that's what we see. And that means you're perfect was like, you're perfectly Mm -hmm. imperfect was like, just so liberating. I always describe it as like, the first time I saw my chart, I felt like I was being witnessed by the universe and that it was just kind of like, this is who you are. And like, the self acceptance that comes with learning about your your chart is just like incomparable I feel like with anything else yes I I think so as well hello everyone this is Aliza I am interrupting your listening experience to give you another experience (laughs) I want to tell you about one of our sponsors and I'm actually really excited to tell you about my experience um, taking this product it is care of is the brand it is a wellness brand That makes it really easy for you to maintain, sustain, attain (laughs) all of the tains, your health goals. Um, They give you these daily customized vitamin plans that you just, little packets, you just rip open, take them with water, and it allows you to live your best life now and in the future. Care of is focused on quality science and research, (gasps) things we love. And they apply that to all of their products and recommendations. So if you're like me and you've had a tough time figuring out your vitamin strategy, your approach to the vitamin aisle, this just does it for you. You take the quiz, you figure out what your priorities are, you figure out what you want to focus on, bam, you get it right at your door. All you need to do is go to the website, which is takecareof.com. And you take a short quiz that's fun and it feels like a magazine personality assessment and you figure out what vitamins you need. So you can get 50% off your first order using the code STARSLIKEUS50. Go to TakeCareOf.com. Again, that's TakeCareOf.com. Take the quiz. Use the promo code STARSLIKEUS50, 50% off your first order. Give it a try. Give it a try. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. So I'm really so – you just made this announcement um, of your new – position and your new appointment. So I would love to learn more about that and how that came to be and what that means and what your plans are. So yeah, Fresh Voices in Astrology, basically a platform created by Tony Howard of Astrology University. Um, And Astrology University is a platform where they host um, webinars and summits. And they recently just um, started a four-year program so people can like really really dive into um learning about astrology from some of like the top um astrologers astrological teachers whatever and yeah i think i mean there's a lot of important names in there like demetra george and uh, is demetra george i think so Lynn Bell, for sure. Um, Kelly Surtees, a whole host of other names. Yeah. For those of you guys who don't know, uh, Kira is basically saying like the most star studded elite astrology, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like the, exactly. the luminaries of astrology. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, they have a really good faculty over there. And Tony started Fresh Voices, I think, t- three years ago at this point. It's only been three um, years. That's yeah, crazy. Um, I feel like they, damn, what sign is Tony? What sign? I think he's a Virgo. Uh, he's I he's think. working. So yeah, they, 
basically started it for people who weren't necessarily big names. And I think what happened was they started to realize that a lot of things um, often are like a popularity contest, like people who are known get speaking spots and you know it's really hard to become known if you're not given any sort of speaking spots so um, Fresh Voices was started with the mission of uplifting younger astrologers or newer astrologers and with the specific intention of diversifying um, you know the astrological field and and uplifting and celebrating more you know astrologers of different backgrounds um, and not just white people basically <laughs> which is what a lot of what you'll see in in regards to like who who you see speaking at conferences or writing in journals writing books etc cetera, etc cetera. um so so yeah they started with just a summit and then that did really well and then they continued to host webinars um there's been two summits so far last year at norwalk i met tony and showed him my magazine in Flux Mag, um, which was still running at the time. Right now it's on hiatus, hoping to bring it back next I'm year. I'm hoping too. But, it is um, a fucking gorgeous, gorgeous thing that you created there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had, you know, been introduced to him and he was really into it. And fast forward a couple months later, he they invited me to speak at the summit. That was great. And that's when I did my um, astrology of the, the millennial generation, basically. I did that talk then. And then they invited me to come do another webinar. And then, um, yeah, Tony just reached out to me one day and was just like, how do you feel about taking over Fresh Voices? And how that was always his intention to kind of pass it on to someone younger and in the community. and. So I just felt like it was perfect and kind of like a dream position for me because um, I am so interested in uplifting voices and um, especially uh, Black, Indigenous, people of color, um, especially queer folks. And so and that's kind of what we were doing with the magazine in a way, but the magazine was more it wasn't necessarily like focused on astrologers. It was like astrology and culture. So this was a really good opportunity in, um, to, yeah, focus on a lot of the astrologers in the community that I keep meeting like all these amazing people that don't necessarily feel like they have a platform um, to, to share their ideas and yeah, share what they're passionate about and interested in. So you know, it's funny because he first reached out to me. It was like right at the beginning of the Mercury retrograde in February, which was right before COVID really like hit the United States. And so um, he was like, you know, we talked about it and he's like, get back to me after the retrograde. And then after the retrograde, it was like, COVID yeah, City. that happened during Mercury <laughs> retrograde. Yeah, exactly. And so we didn't really get back to it until like, you know, a couple months later this past retrograde, um, I guess was like the next one. And then we were like, let's talk about, like, let's actually make this happen. And so it's happening and we just announced it. Um, we're going to announce the summit, which happens. We have an annual summit every year in August this year, it's the 15th and 16th and that's totally free to attend. And then you can purchase, um, access to all 12 talks for and that's like you know that money is going to the speakers which is awesome um and so yeah i'm really really excited about the the summit and just the opportunity to like host webinars with like all these amazing astrologers i'm constantly meeting and um yeah giving giving people a place to like share share their ideas and hopefully foster some community around that as well. Yeah. And here in, I know that you are also, I mean, I'm, I, what do you think this is in your chart that you do like, you're not just somebody who says you care about community. You're out there sending emails, organizing dinners, getting people together. Like the, you have actually, you're really, I guess one of the things that because I don't know you very well. We've met a few times, but some if I were to sort of 
describe some of the things that I think of you as associated with, it really would be sort of just like your willingness to, you know, put yourself out there and bring people together. And that takes, and not just, you know, the organization and like the, um, the time and like, you know, the sort of the selflessness of it, but it also takes confidence and like this sort of like, well, you know, you guys might not know me, but hey, like, let's all have dinner. Like, let's all meet up and talk. And I, it does, there is a certain amount of like just courage and bravery that I think is really involved in being an active leader in the community. And I'm so excited for that platform to, for, for you to continue to expand it because that's already, it just seems like such a natural progression of what you're already doing. Yeah, exactly. I think so. Um, yeah, I think in my chart, I mean, when you say courage, I definitely think of Mars because I have a Sun-Mars conjunction, Sun-Mars-Pluto conjunction actually in Scorpio in the ninth house, which is where astrology can be found. And so um, I think I don't, I don't personally ever really think of myself as like someone who like puts themselves out there as much as like, I just, yeah, it's, it's almost just like, I'm just super passionate about it. Um, but I think probably the main thing is my chart ruler, Jupiter is conjunct my descendant. And so establishing like relationships with people is just like, that's just what I do. <laughs> um, and then it's also trying my North node in Uranus and Neptune conjunction in the 11th. So I lean heavily on my like 11th house, um, yeah. Uranus, Neptune, North node thing. And the trying to my chart ruler in the seventh, there's that seventh, 11th, um, combination that to me is just like, I just, I establish these, like, I'm really into community, but I'm also really into relationships. And um, I think that's a big part of it. Just the fact that, like, I, yeah, I care. I, like, really care to get to know people. Like, that's just, I think that's why I I do consultations. And, like, I do other things in astrology, but I just couldn't really see myself stopping consultations because I just love to get to know people. Um, and then I have Mercury conjunct my midheaven like exactly oh, conjunct that's, that's a big so <laughs> yeah this is the connection like connecting people being a source of connection um and yeah mercury rules my seventh house of like you know uh, relationships as well so that's really it for me i think i'm like organizing is it just comes naturally to me. Like I planned prom. Um, <laughs> I was on the yearbook committee. Like I planned the reunions. I feel like that's just like my, my job, like my, my duty in a lot of ways, this idea of getting people together. Um, people who share something like a like-minded goal or vision or values, even um, that's my jam. For me, I, one of there was a lot of when I first started to step into the astrology space, um, I was very intimidated by a lot of the existing, you know, like by the like the scions of astrology. And I remember actually meeting a an like a middle aged astrologer who had been doing it you know, for a long time and had established, who was pretty established. And she was so skeptical and judgmental of me. And it was like, she, it was basically like, she started quizzing me on shit, like in the, yeah, yeah it was so <laughs> creepy. Like, you know, she was asking me about my, like where I, where I received my different like certifications and who I studied with and did she know who I studied with and do I know about these things? And, you know, like, obviously I'm a Leo. So like I can hand, like, I'm like, all right, bitch, like, let's do it then. <laughs> but that also, but I'm also a Pisces moon and I yeah. am like, yeah. that is horribly um, frightening and not the kind of vibe mm -hmm. that I want to be part of. So I do feel like, 
you know, if I could go back in time and sort of re-enter, um, I would, I, I wish I hadn't cared as much. It doesn't matter now because I had, I've reached the point where I don't care. But I do think mm-hmm. that there were quite a few years that I was scared of really showing up um, because I was scared of being judged or criticized or not good enough or that my credentials would be, you know, like, I don't know, like, th- yeah, that I just like yeah. wouldn't I was not good enough in some way. You know, now on the other side of Saturn and in my 30s, I'm like, it really doesn't matter. But (laughs) I think especially for younger astrologers in their 20s, and I could also imagine for astrologers who are not white, um, that that is something that they're still still feeling (laughs) in in wherever they are. So how has has that been a part of your experience is what or like, how have you navigated that? I mean, that's something I think about a lot um, because... Yeah, when like when I was first starting out, um, I think a big part of it for me was just like not having anyone to talk to about all of this and like really craving that sort of community. Like it astrology is a language and to not to like speak this language and not have anyone to speak it with unless you're like explaining it to someone is really difficult. Um And so that's part of the reason why I feel community is so important, because once I did start meeting other astrologers that I could, like at first it was just, I think the first person I was able to talk astrology with was some totally random girl that connected with me on Reddit, like (laughs) super random. And we just, we started talking, we talked for like two years, I think, just like on WhatsApp um, and talked astrology with each other. And then I met my friend Erin on Tinder. and Aaron, Aaron Shipley, and like we became really close and just started talking astrology all the time. So I realized that like that is super important um, for me. It, I mean, obviously it's specific to me. I think of like the fact that I do have that Sun, Mars, Pluto, and the ninth, and how, and also an Aries Moon. And um, I've always been one to kind of just like create my own lane and not really. Um, yeah, I think there's like a lot of gatekeeping and um, knowledge hoarding that comes in with astrology, especially with like the older, older community. Um, and that's just something that, you know, I don't think I don't think it's affected me as much because the way that I am, I'm just like, yeah, I'll find a way around that. Like, I'm always someone that's just I'm very marching in that way, especially when it comes to spirituality and belief systems like ninth house things where I'm just like I will find my own way um and I'm also like as a black person I am used to being in majority majority white spaces I went to a small all-girls school growing up like a private school um you know very few very few black kids very few um you know people of color in general but like there were, I think, seven black girls in my grade of 52 girls. And that was a high percentage. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, I'm like very much used to having to navigate white spaces. And that was at that school for 12 years. And then I went to, you know, art school in New York City, which was majority white. And um, so, yeah, I think I I am in a unique position in that in that um, context. But Um, I know a lot of people aren't, and I know how intimidated a lot of people are around the astrology community and the people that seem to hold, you know, the most power within the community. Um, and again, like in terms of the knowledge that people have and, and how inaccessible a lot of it is, especially when we're talking about price and, um, and yeah, I think like affordability is one thing, but then also feeling like you are being welcomed and um, like wanted in certain spaces too. That's another thing that I feel like a lot of folks don't experience. Um, And so that's something that I'm really, I'm really passionate about shifting and changing. Um, I want the community to be as inclusive and accessible as possible. 
I think just like last weekend being at the Q the QAC, uh, the queer astrology conference and seeing how many BIPOC astrologers were out there and like being a part of the, the black astrologers round table and then seeing the indigenous um, decolonizing round table and just the way that people are using astrology, especially younger people, especially people of color, um, is so next level <laughs> and um, like just really, really, really inspiring and um, beyond anything that I could have imagined like, you know, five, 10 years ago. And um, I want to, I want the community to s- celebrate that and be, um, and put money behind these people and really continue to uplift, um, uplift them, uplift them as much as possible. And um, yeah, making things more accessible, especially for disabled people and, you know, folks who are hard of hearing or, um, you know, blind people, all the things like there's, there's so much we can do. And it's not that these conversations have never had just started being like happening, but I think, um, we're at this point in history where like, it's like, it's possible to make a lot of change and, you know, shorter amounts of time. And, um, yeah, I, I just like millennials, Gen Z, we're, we're very, we're, we're like, we're ready to, we're ready to see some change. And I think change is already happening and there's so much, there's so many of us that like, it's kind of inevitable that, you know, I don't want to say like we're taking over in like a, <laughs> in like a, you know, kind of scary way, but <laughs> we're here. And um, I think a lot of older astrologers are like really excited about that and like want to make room for that. So I don't think it's necessarily like a battle. Um, it's just a lot of them don't know. I guess they don't know how. They don't know how to. And I think a lot of them also don't know that. Um, the ways that they've, you know, perpetuated like discrimination or, or racism and not like truly like having no idea as to like how they are doing that or, or you know, the, the systems behind that. And I think there's so much education happening right now um, that a lot of change is taking place. Yeah, I think that like in addition to one of the things – I guess I feel, um, I felt, I continue to feel very sensitive about, and like my, my big, um, tea that I'm sharing here is that I've never attended an astrology conference and very intentionally. Um, mm-hmm. I've intended, I've attended virtual ones, but nothing in person because I guess in my early 20s, which was 2014, let's say. Uh, 2013, 2014, when I started to work in, you know, with my first company, Align, um, the amount of pigeonholing as like a pop astrologer and as not Mm -hmm. a academic astrologer was like that was the thing that sort of weighed on me. The assumption was that I was not researching and like contributing Mm -hmm. to the um, to like the educational discourse, but right. I was, <laughs> and I have been because I'm a fucking eighth house stellium. Obviously I'm yeah. also up all night, literally, you know, I, my partner comes in in the morning and I'm still awake with my eyes like bloodshot because mm-hmm. I was researching, you know, like the way that astrology looked in the 1400s, you know, like it's going mm-hmm. fucking deep, but the assumption that it was like, just the watered down astrology for the masses was so like hurtful to me that it has been difficult for me to sort of feel confident enough to show up in those contexts. Um, Mm -hmm. It's so it's, it's, it's also like, I guess being respected. It's the respect thing that really, that I feel like is part of the gatekeeping as well, because they'll recognize you know, the young astrologers as young astrologers. And then that was almost like a diminutive projection of their lack of ability to really contribute to the discourse. And Mm -hmm. for, you know, astrologers are really at the end of the day, 
big nerds. I mean, we are massive mm-hmm. nerds and we we care so deeply about doing the research and knowing things and learning and discovering and to feel like, well, you're never going to get past an elementary school at level of education with it. It's like, it's so, it's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The way I look at it is like, we astrologers, we speak, like, like I said before, we all speak the same language and like, we as a community of people who speak this language, like globally, we're a very small minority of people. Like most people will not, cannot look at a chart and be able to delineate it. Or most people wouldn't even be able to tell you more than three things about like the sign Leo, right? So um, the fact that we all share this in common, I think is something that should bring us together. And, um, and yeah, that we can create community around, right? And so we want that community to be as inclusive and as um, welcoming as possible to all different types of astrologers, like from Uranian to like super pop astrologers to, you know, um, people who are translating old uh, ancient texts to like all of it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, it's funny, like, it, yeah, it's really interesting the way that it's been gate, like the gatekeeping has happened over time and um, the people that we, we quote unquote, consider, you know, the, like the father of modern astrology or whatever. I, I don't, I'm not even thinking of anyone in particular, just the like, archetype of, yeah. <laughs> who, yeah, yeah. These people who are kind of seen as like these really important big names in astrology and it's like okay but what have they done for the community you know like what are what what are they doing to like you know pave the way for the next line of astrologers and yeah I'm kind of talking about a lot of Pluto and Leo folks um but there's I mean yeah there it's there's been a lot of problematic things that's been said by a lot of these people that have been swept under the rug and who's holding them accountable, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, all of that's changing and I really do hope that you're able to feel like you can feel welcome at, you know, like a conference sometime soon because I can't speak highly enough about like what it's like to be in a space with, so many astrologers i've only been to one in-person conference which was norwalk last year and um it was just really it was such a beautiful experience i know that's chris brennan um, said the same thing to me when i met up with him in colorado and okay yeah yeah. Yeah. (laughs) i got to meet him for the first time like in person there um it's just like there's nothing like it again to be able to speak your language with like anyone in the room and uh get to know people through speaking this language it's just it's really like food for the astrologer's soul (laughs) yeah i i would love i feel like um the work that you are doing and you know creating these sort of you know like having sort of a framework for what it means to build new community, like Fresh Voices, um, is really important because, you know, we are for, you know, in all ways, like our value is so institutionally defined. And that includes, unfortunately, within the astrology community, you know, like, there are Mm -hmm. these ye olde institutions that still, you know, it's like getting, it's like having a degree from an Ivy League school, you know, it's, it, mm-hmm. it, it has a certain clout and a prestige to it. But when you look at like, who's writing the tests, who's grading the tests, like, who are the people, mm-hmm. when were these tests made? Like, <laughs> are these right, tests inclusive? Exactly. You know, like, are these tests, can anybody take these tests? Like, what kind of literacy does it uh, require? You, it's like, right. you can start to sort of see like, oh, wow, I, this is not, this is not a democratic test egalitarian mm-hmm. for everyone. There are these mm-hmm. biases that are coming from these institutions. So I think that to establish like new institutions, new spaces, new um, new homes for like 
community to live is is really, really critical. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we were talking earlier about taking a particular um, certification exam, and I personally um, went through that process specifically so I could see what it was like so that I could offer advice to other folks around, like, if that direction might be, you know, suitable for them. Um, and I mean, what it costs around $550 to just to take the exam, um, a weekend of your time. Uh, so if you work on weekends, not going to happen. Yeah. And it's only offered um, on those days. There's no alter. It's one yeah. weekend. So there's no alternative. It's one weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a test written by, you know, white people in North America <laughs> and, uh, and it was written, it seems like a really long time ago. Um, and then not to mention like the, the ethics portion, which is, in my opinion, pretty abysmal. Um, and that's not to shade necessarily maybe particular people who are involved with it, but just to say that like, it's really outdated. Um, and it just consisted of watching like two really short videos that kind of were like, test your, um, like check your biases, like that sort of thing. Like literally like videos from like the nineties that they would show you in like, you know, homeroom or something. Um, and then like an online test where I'm pretty sure it's kind of like those workplace tests that you have to take to just like anti-discrimination, like anti-sexual harassment in the workplace. Right. When you're like literally not even paying attention and you're just like, exactly, exactly. Like, common sense um so yeah I don't know I just feel like it like these things are changing and I, I feel like as Pluto or um millennial generation being these this Uranus Neptune Capricorn generation and how um where we were meant to dissolve and shake up structures like that's in our as in our DNA yeah. it's in our, our patterning and so um, now that we millennials are getting to the age where we, you know, can take over platforms and create our own platforms and, um, you know, start to actually, you know, we're, we're almost through with Saturn returns for the millennial generation. Once we get to Saturn and Pisces, um, everyone's going to be adults, <laughs> like truly. And so um, it's our turn to to kind of like really reimagine a lot of these structures and make them more equitable and make them more um, intersectional and uh, accessible and as Demetrius would say and 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 Mm -hmm. all the things so um, yeah I think that's that's kind of like our destiny and um, especially people who have personal placements conjunct these like generational signatures I think are definitely you know paving the way in a lot of those um in a lot of instances so like yourself like myself like you know a million other people it's interesting because i remember like um a moment in my own practice when i felt and this is pre-saturn this very pre-saturn return where i felt like wow like i'm seeing so many i'm seeing people charging for readings and like how long have they been studying And now, like, these years, like, it didn't take me very long to realize, like, it doesn't matter. You know, like, it's like, it just, you know, if that, if their work is of value to someone else, like, who the fuck am I to care about where they Mm -hmm. studied or where they received their knowledge base or whether or not it's, like, by the books? Like, if they are, Mm -hmm. as long as their work is, like, empowering and inspiring and is built on like empathy and compassion and and you know not fear-based shit then Mm -hmm. who cares it doesn't matter you know it's like it what what's important is that people feel like they can have agency and that they can have um the the space to experiment and explore um everything else Mm -hmm. is like kind of just focus on your own shit you know if you feel like you have more to learn learn more don't worry about other people learning. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
And yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like astrology is becoming more popular and more well-known. Um, but there's still not like, we're still a minority. Like there's not, the competition is like, I don't really see it as, I at least try not to look at it as competition, but more of like colleagues and community. And it's like my type of astrology isn't necessarily what everyone wants and needs. And like, that's okay. (laughs) That's like more than okay. Because, um, yeah, I mean, I think about it a lot that like, I don't necessarily, my, my focus isn't natal astrology in the sense that like, most most people who come to me aren't looking for for me to just be like telling them about themselves and like their psyche i can but my my focus is more on um like event-based astrology so like what's happening for you right now predictive event brace i guess so i like to do a lot of predictive like what's coming up for you how does the next six months year two years look for you and you know some people really like that and some people could not care and they just want to know about like their nodes and you know um more of like an evolutionary viewpoint so like there's so many different types of astrologies there's so many different types of astrologers um and i think it's important that we diversify the field because of that like some people um will only want to see a black astrologer and some people want to see an astrologer who you know, had a similar path to what they had and that can understand them. And so, um, yeah, it's important that we continue to like uplift each other and recommend each other and support each other because like I, the competition thing is just weird for me because I'm just like, there's enough, like there's plenty, (laughs) there's so much, there's so much to go around. And, and right. And like the more that we, the more that we like, like propel each other forward the more that the more opportunities emerge because then you know it gets into the psyche of whoever is in charge of this or that and then they're like oh we need a we should have astrology here we should have astrology there so like the more space that we take up which includes not not just one person take not Pluto fucking Leo taking up space but like the more space that the collective (laughs) takes up um, mm-hmm. the more opportunities everybody has to, to, you know, find what, what they love and to do what they love and to share what they love with the greater community. Exactly. Well, yeah. this has been very illuminating for my North Node in Aquarius. Oh, I love what degree is your North 25. Node? 25. Um, it's oh, actually awesome. my nodes are, con- my South Node is conjunct my son at 25 degrees. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So my son's at 25 Scorpio. So we have to ah, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I feel like this is a, con- we could have a whole other conversation, but I'm obsessed with the degrees. I feel like the degrees are little like secret connection points. Yes. Um, where, yeah. And so ours are like in exact square, which is just. Yeah. Mwah. Exact square. <laughs> I love, I love, I love a fixed square. Me too. Um, <laughs> fixed signs. No, like we need, we need each other. We really, of course. <laughs> it's the house's yeah. foundation. Exactly. exactly. Um, well, this has been absolutely lovely. Where can we find you and connect with you? Yeah, this has been amazing. I'm so happy. We've finally been able we to did. do this. Um, you can find me at my website, which is theastrology.com. Um, I'm on Instagram at theastrology, Twitter at theastrology underscore. Um Let's see, Fresh Voices, freshvoicesinastrology.com. Hell yeah. Um, and yeah, mark your calendar for our summit, the 15th and 16th of August. It's going to be really, really great. I'm announcing um, the roster of speakers soon. And um, what else? What else? What else? Yeah, astrology at Astrology Voices on socials for that. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You can check out my magazine. We're on a hiatus, but... Um, it's influx mag that's N F L U X M A G on socials and on online and hopefully bringing that back as like an annual print version next year. That's the plan. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Eliza. This has been so fun. Yay. (laughs) 